Hey everyone, you're listening to an Acts Church sermon. If you have not heard of us before, you can check us out at www.axcamus.org or come check us out on a Sunday. All right, here is the sermon. We hope God blesses you through it. So this is going to be a short one because Luis talked for too long. Um, It's okay. If you've ever been to Honduras, you know how that goes. Uh, you're lucky. We would just be starting the service that was supposed to start at like 10 o'clock if you were in Honduras. They have a whole different way of looking at time, um, but that's okay. Luis was here on time and did a good job, so uh, let's give him another hand. Well, he's... He works really hard down there, um, and if you guys want to get a chance to talk to him, I'm going to have him out at the information desk after the service if you want to talk about the ministry or just encourage him or pray for him. He's going to be out there for that. How many of you all in this room have flown on an airplane? Who's flown on an airplane? Okay, most of you. How many of you have flown on an airplane more than 20 times? More than 20 times on an airplane. Okay. Anybody over a million miles? Three million? Four million? Ah, Sherry's over three million miles. Uh, That's a lot of miles, man. Um, How many of you that have flown, say, over 20 times or so, are still listening very intently to the pre-flight safety message. (laughs) Anybody still listening to that very intently? Many people don't. Many people don't. Uh, There's a guy named Christopher Elliott wrote a column last year for the Washington Post about this issue, about this phenomenon of people not listening to the pre-flight message. And he quoted this this risk management expert from the aviation sector, a guy named, what is his name? Uh, Jack Plax, which is a very cool name. I like it. Uh, and, and he specialized in aviation. This is what he said. He said, listening to the briefing is a key to surviving a crash. That they have found that of the people who survive crashes, which by the way, most people do. I know that sounds weird, but actually most people survive airline crashes. Um, but he says the people that survive, uh, they're much more likely to do so if they listen intently to the pre-flight uh, you know, briefing or whatever. And this guy, who I assume flies all the time, always listens intently to the pre-flight safety message. But I can tell you something. I don't. I don't listen to that thing. I've heard it so many times. And I know that you may not think I'm very competent, but I'm pretty sure I can put a seatbelt on and take it off and even put that orange thing over my mouth, you know, me first and then the kids. And the kids are on their own, first of all. We start going down. You all are on your own if you're with me. I know how to push people out of the way and get to the exit. That's what I need to know, right? So, I mean, I wish I was kidding, but I'm not. No, I am kidding. I'm kidding. I would help you out of my way. Okay, so this guy listens to it every time, right? And, 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 he said, and, and, and basically saying, your chance of not dying are going up significantly if you just listen to it. But here's the thing. I've developed kind of a crust on my brain for things that I've heard in kind of the same context, the same stuff over and over and over again. I just start to build up this sort of crust and I sort of tune it out. I just tune it out. Here's the problem. The same thing can happen with scripture. The same thing can happen with the teaching that God has for us. If we hear the same thing in the same situation very often, especially if we ignore it, You know, we kind of tend to ignore the parts that we don't like. We can basically tune it all out. And what happens at that point is we start to develop a hard heart. Our hearts can become hard. Let's read in in Ephesians. This is chapter 4. And we're going to go start in verse 17, go through verse 24. 
says, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. We can come to a building like this, and we can listen to sermons and we can go to a life group and we can read the Bible and we can talk about what the Bible says and we can let all of that become routine, become rote, become something we just do, like listening to the pre-flight safety check. We can learn the right things to say. We can even believe the right things and even teach the right things. And yet, even in doing that, we can build up a crust around our heart, kind of this impenetrable crust that comes because we tune it out. We tune it out eventually. The things are no longer penetrating to us. The process of growth, though, is a continuous one. It's one that has to keep going. It's an adventurous one, and it's a painful one. But it's also a pleasurable one. It's a pleasant one, and it's a glorious one. What it is not ever is routine. It's not ever just rote. If it has become routine for us, if there's no passion, if there's no action in it, if there's no pain in it, there's no adventure in it, there's no pleasure in it, there's no glory in it, then it is not spiritual growth. If that's where we find ourselves, that's where you find yourself sometimes, and I'll tell you right now, sometimes that's where I find myself. It's becoming routine. It's not affecting me the way it should be affecting me because my heart is getting hard sometimes. And we have to be encouraged not to do that. I never have to encourage my kids. I never did have to encourage my kids to do certain things. Never had to encourage them to eat. Never had to encourage them to breathe. Never had to encourage them to play, cause trouble. Never had to encourage them to pee all over the toilet seat. They did those things naturally. And if you have not, by the way, sat on a toilet seat that your three-year-old has just emptied his bladder onto, not knowing it was there, you are really missing something special. It's, it's one of those, you just go, oh, I just love kids. Yeah. What I did have to encourage my kids to do were things they didn't want to do, like brush their teeth, take a bath, right? Eat your vegetables, pee in the toilet, those kinds of things, right? Those are things that we have to teach our children. The Bible tells us who Jesus is, and Jesus tells us how to live as his church. That's what he tells us. He tells us how to live as children of our Father in heaven. He does not have to encourage us to do the things that we already want to do, right? Instead, he has to encourage us to do the things that are hard, that our sinful hearts and our rebellious hearts don't want to do. But those are the things that we tend to not want to listen to. And the problem is if we hear them enough times and we sort of ignore them, the ones that are hard, the ones that are difficult, if we do that, they can become background noise to our heart. And if the scripture and the teachings of Jesus Christ become background noise to our heart, 
we will not see transformation in our lives. We won't. It will not happen. We have to wake up. We have to listen. We have to turn off our phones, open our eyes, open our ears, and open our hearts so that we can learn and we can grow. Now, Lord willing, in the next number of weeks, we are going to study and chew on some transformational teachings of Jesus Christ. We're going to chew on some things that our Lord and Savior has, has brought to us that I think we often have a difficult time with, and sometimes we tune out. Now, if you are a Christ follower, you have probably heard a lot of the things that we're going to teach about in these next weeks. The problem is that for some of us, they become background noise. If you're like me, some of these things that we're teaching on, that we're going to be teaching on, you have uh, not been letting truly penetrate your heart for a while. You have not been really engaging with them at the level that Christ wants us to engage. And my desire is to see God work in a transformational way here at Acts Church among us, among myself, among you. I want to see God change us. I want to see God grow us. I want to see God transform us from who we are to who he is calling us and growing us to be. And the only way that that's going to happen is if we approach these scriptures that we're going to be going through, these teachings of Jesus Christ, our Savior, with a strategy. We're going to have to have a strategy if we want to see the kind of growth that we want to see. The first thing that we're going to have to recognize is how easily our hearts become hard. How easily our hearts become hard to the words of Scripture. And there's several ways that that can happen. One way that our hearts become hard is out of ignorance. Out of ignorance. Jesus was teaching, and he's got all these people there. And they're hungry. And the disciples are like, send them away to get some food. And he's like, no, you feed them. And they find five loaves and two fishes. And Jesus feeds 5,000 men with five loaves and two fishes. Five loaves and two fishes. It says, so they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. That's a big miracle. That's an incredible showing to the power of God. But here's what happened next. Jesus sends them out in a boat, and they're, they're rowing out in the water. And we'll pick up the passage there. This is Mark 6, 47 through 52. It says, now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea. And he, that's Jesus, was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, that's 3 to 6 a.m., okay? He came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. Oh. That part's not in there. I just did that. <laughs> for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. By the way, some of the best Jesus words out there when you're going through difficult times. Be of cheer. It's I. Do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. Their heart was hardened. It wasn't like it was hardened because they were horrible people. It was hardened because they just didn't get it. They didn't get it. They didn't understand the power of Jesus Christ, even though they'd seen it. They did not get that Jesus Christ was powerful. 
They saw the feeding of the 5,000. I'm talking the day before. And that night, it had not penetrated their heart enough for them to understand that Jesus was powerful. They should have understood. This is God in the flesh. Therefore, he's omnipotent, all-powerful, right? (laughs) Feeding 5,000, walking on water, dying and rising from the dead, all of those are possible for God because he's all-powerful. But their ignorance, their lack of understanding made their hearts hard to the wonders of Jesus Christ. They didn't get it. We need to understand who we serve. We need to understand who we serve. We are Christ's church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. We are powerful in the Holy Spirit. We are because the power of God is in his church, working in his church and through his church. The power of the Holy Spirit has been poured out on the church since Pentecost. We need to understand who we are and not be surprised by it and not be ignorant of who God is so that we're just jaw-dropped on the floor every time God does something amazing. We should be like, yes, of course, that's God. He's all-powerful. That's, we should be looking for it to happen. We should be believing that it's going to happen. Jesus can do anything, and we are his church. We need to be able to see and have faith that all things are possible with God. That doesn't mean he's going to do everything that we want him to do. There's no health and wealth sermon, okay? But he's, he's capable of doing anything. And if it's his will to do it, he'll do it, and we shouldn't be surprised by it. We should not be surprised by it. We should not be dropping our jaw to the floor like, oh my gosh, everything, every time God does something amazing in the church or in your life. That suggests that you didn't really believe or have faith in his power, that your heart had become hard out of ignorance. We need to praise him. We need to believe who he is and what he has promised us. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Believe it. Believe that. Okay? He's the man. He's God. He can do it. We got to believe that. We got to live in that, believing that God has that kind of power or our hearts can become hard. Another way that we can get a hard heart is because a hardness of heart that comes from a lack of reverence, a lack of reverence for God. Proverbs 28, 14 says, happy is the man who is always reverent, fearing God, right? Understanding who he is. But he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Jesus is not your homeboy, okay? As if he's this cartoonish character. Let me be clear about this. You've probably seen the shirts, Jesus looking like a white guy from California with his thumb up and Jesus is my homeboy. That's not Jesus. He's not some cartoonish character. He's no joke. Jesus Christ is God, the creator of the universe who brings righteous judgment on those who practice lawlessness and rebellion. He's serious. He's the real deal. He is the Lord of lords and the king of kings. And we should have some reverence for that. He's what it's all about. Jesus is what the whole story of this universe is all about. The amazing, awesome, glorious grace and mercy that he has shown us. It's all about Jesus. You would not meet the mayor of Vancouver, whoever that is, I don't even know. I probably should. And not have some kind of reverence. Like, oh, hello, sir. How are you doing? Or you go to court. I've done that lots of times. Sometimes I wasn't even the defendant. Um, And... And you say, your honor, to the judge, right? You show some kind of reverence. We would give reverence in those situations, but some of us don't have reverence 
for God, the creator of the universe, your savior from death and hell and sin, we should have some reverence. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus is not your friend. He is. He wants relationship with you. He wants relationship with you. Make no mistake about that. But also make no mistake that Jesus Christ is God. He is holy and awesome, and he is not domesticated. He is not tame. He is one we should have reverence for. Reverence for. If we lose our reverence for God, if we lose our reverence, our hearts become hard and disaster will follow. We have to have reverence. We have to keep in mind who he is. Yes, he's your friend. Yes, he wants relationship with you. But yes, he is the God of the universe, all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing. He is the epitome, the essence of what it means to be good and love and all of those things. And we should have reverence for him or our heart can get hard. There's another way that our hearts can get hard. And this one, I think, affects most of us sometimes. That is hardness from sin. Our hearts can get hard from sin. Hebrews 3.13 says this, But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is deceitful. It is deceitful, and it will creep in and start to form that ugly little concrete crust around your heart if you don't check it. So we need to be continually confessing our sin, repenting, turning away from our sin, and back to Christ. And we also need to be encouraging and urging each other to be righteous and holy. We need to be encouraging and urging each other in love to avoid sin, to be holy, to be righteous. If we don't do that, and we are in sin, and we let our brothers and sisters be in sin without our urging and our exhortation, then what happens is our hearts and their hearts start getting that crust around them, and the word of God isn't penetrating, and we're not growing, and we're not transforming. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We are deceived if we just hear and do not do. It's really what this is all about, because what's coming is about do. It's about doing. We need to believe and show our belief in what we do. We need to do the things that Jesus commands us to do. That's how we show our faith. Faith without works is dead. This has got nothing to do with whether you're saved or not saved. What that's talking about is, look, if you believe it, if you have faith that what God says is real and that you're reverent towards God and that you believe that he's all powerful, then when you have faith in the things of scripture, you will do them. And if you're not doing them, you're not having faith. You're not believing we got to believe, do. Now, this message series is not for some other person or for someone else. It's for me and it's for you. I know what's coming because I already struggled this week with multiple things that came up that pushed hard against me on, on the stuff that, Lord willing, I'm going to preach on next Sunday. It's already coming. The Lord is already showing me and testing me and pushing me. I know that he wants to do a big work for us. I know that he wants this next part of the Sermon on the Mount to transform us in a real and serious way. Like this should be big time for us, for this church. That he might transform us 
in an amazing way that we might not only see growth in our own life, but growth in our families and growth in our community, growth in our neighborhood, that we might be spreading out the love and power of God through this, this area, the Portland area, through the Northwest and in Honduras and in Alaska where we've got stuff in the Philippines and anywhere we go, that he's going to transform us in a way that's going to truly and significantly affect all of that. But we got to be ready for it. we got to be ready for it. And I'm going to pray for you, and I'm asking you to pray for me, that our hearts would be soft for this. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will. He'll be faithful. We also need to be faithful. And let him get through to the soft heart that he might do that. We want to see real transformation through this series. I literally want people around here to say, yeah, everybody I meet from Acts Church is just different. They're just different. They're just, they just show Christ in a way that I just don't see in, in the world. They're living in a way that shows that their heart is soft to God. And I want them to be drawn to Jesus Christ through you and through me because of the way that God is transforming us. We need to be that church. This is not about a building. This is not about doing fun stuff. This is not about, all that's great. Okay, coming in here, you, you, we sing some songs, you listen to me yell a little bit, you go to Red Robin, you do that thing. Those are all great things. We need eternally significant, ringing out through all history and eternity, life-changing, transformational, God-type power happening here in this church. We need that. What are we here for if not for that? That's what we're here for. This is going to be real, and it's going to be truth, and it's going to be tough. And it's going to push up against you. It's going to push up against me. It might offend you. It might offend me. We're going to have to put our pride aside and let God work over these next weeks, Lord willing. These are some of the things we're going to be talking about. Anger and reconciliation. You ever dealt with anger? You're probably going to get pushed on a little bit next week. Lust and purity. I recognize that's not a big issue for our culture, but we'll go through it anyway. <laughs> Marriage and divorce. That's going to be tough. Lying and truth-telling. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, lying has probably become one of the biggest problems in our society and our culture today. We, uh, truth has stumbled in the streets. And I'm not just talking about theological truth and philosophical truth and who God is and whatever. Just, we just lie to each other. People just lie to each other, and they have less and less of a conscience about it. People are becoming more and more seared in their conscience, more and more hard against the idea that you should be telling people the truth. That's going to be a tough one. Vengeance, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth stuff, and grace. Loving your friends and loving your enemies. That's, that's, that's a tough one. At the end of this section of the Sermon on the Mount, this is the verse, Matthew 5, 48 says, Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's, that's where we're headed towards. That's what God wants from us. That's where we're trying to go. So, pray for a clean heart. Pray for growth. Pray for ears to hear. Pray for a soft heart. Because I truly believe that God is showing us as a church and showing me that he wants to do something big with us. And I think it's going to be rough in a lot of ways, and I think it's going to be glorious in a lot of ways. And I think it's going to be pleasant, and I think it's going to be great for ourselves, for our families, and for our community, and for the world. I think he's really going to do something special. He can do things through the group of people sitting right here that you would not believe. 
But the only reason we wouldn't believe it is because we, we're not believing in who God is. Or we're becoming ignorant to his power. He can take any one of you, and he will, and do amazing things through you for his kingdom. We need to believe it. we got to get there. we got to get the complacency out. we got to get the, oh, the, the pre-flight check-ins coming on. Let's get Candy Crush going, right? we we got to get, we got to let the scripture just penetrate our hearts and let him change us. Let us see amazing things happen. Let's pray that God will break that concrete crust that I've had grow up on my heart about some of these issues, some of these issues. Let us be transformed. Let us not just be hearers, but doers of the word. Not just for ourselves, but for those who might be drawn to Christ through the transformation that he's doing in you. Our God is great, awesome, and powerful. Let's be part of a miracle. Let's be part of something amazing. Life change and transformation through this teaching of Jesus Christ that we are just going to chew into and dive into. And I just ask that you would prepare yourself for it. Prepare yourself for it. These are things that we're not hearing in our society. And frankly, I don't know how much we're hearing about them in our churches. But we're going to get into it. And we're going to let it change us. Well, thanks for listening to that Acts Church sermon. We hope you got a lot out of it. If you did, we'd love it if you would comment or uh, give us a review or give the track a like. Uh, It really means a lot to us to hear back from people who have um, heard these sermons and have been impacted by it. So share your story with us. Share what is happening in your life um, that this is speaking into. And remember, you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast so that you can get all of our releases as soon as they come out. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with more next week.